Hello, gentlemen. Sir. Hello. Michael and JJ are both here. I'm Andy. It's We Were Gamers, a podcast, um, ostensibly about how we don't have time to game. But when we do, we talk about what we uh, choose. What we talk, what we choose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the podcast. Hi. Another episode in the can. <laughs> All right. And done. I heard the, the hand the hand motion for done. That was good. I hit them harder than I normally would have. <laughs> the microphone picked them up. We're adding in sound effects. How many episodes in? Yeah. Never. But um never episodes. Well, it's been another heck of a week. <laughs> So let's just get into it. Um, as if things weren't already gestures everywhere. <laughs> uh, my garage door fell apart, you guys. <laughs> hmm? In in what way? What? Like literally, the door fell apart. All right, so then now you're going to have to explain what kind of door you have because okay. that can mean a lot of things depending on the kind of door, right? So I have a, a roll-up door. And okay. since moving in, it has been a problem because the previous people ran into it. I have now discovered through research and investigative reporting multiple times over five years I've repaired this door. And the screw holes went from screw holes to bolt holes to no longer holes anymore to even duct tape won't hold that on to collapsing every time I try to open it. All the sections of the roll-up are no longer connected. (laughs) Seems problematic. Yeah. Sounds like what you're going to do is get a new one. Yeah, it just felt like if as if this was the week wasn't enough overall in the world. Mm-hmm. Now my garage door open. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess things could be worse, right? You guys don't park all your cars in there, right? That is true. Yeah. So imagine if all your anything. cars were nothing's were damaged. trapped inside. True. True. Nothing's damaged. Everything's fine. But the new upcoming homeowners amendment for next week will be all the research and stuff that I learn about garage doors in the following few days. Yeah, that that really feels like one where I'm going to like do some research, find out how much they cost, that kind of thing, and then just be like, no, I'm paying someone to do this. I'm not doing this. I think at the point where you get to they work, they operate on well, most of them, I guess, not all of them. Uh, on spring tension. Yeah. And those springs can be dangerous. Uh Very dangerous. Yeah. Unless you have the right tools, I'm not sticking my hands up there to do that. I I value my fingers. X X dollars. Yeah. I'm, I could change out a motor. Like I could do that. But getting near the door springs. No. I feel like I could spray it with WD-40. I'm capable of this. Sure, Mm -hmm. sure. The other parts, hmm. <laughs> you actually want a like a dry silicone. Yeah, it's it like because it's, it spins along that that thing. Generally, I feel oh, like you're talking about the uh, you're talking about the the middle screw. Yes. So the middle screw, you, you'd you... want to put in low temp wet silicone, and then the WD forty area you were talking about spraying would be like more the door, but you don't want grease dripping all down your door, so you'd probably just do right. like a dry silicone lubricant. Spray. Yeah, I I mean, I was. Yeah. That's your homeowner's minute. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, let's talk about games because it's time to decompress. It's Monday. It's our day of enjoyment of talking to each other about the crazy world of gaming. 7.6, 7. 7.1, 7.6 billion dollars 7.5 it's a lot of it's a lot of cash either way is that is that what you would value another iteration of skyrim at 
No, because that's not what they paid for. <laughs> <laughs> Lead us in with the news here, buddy. Andrew is out here trying to draw some kind of correlation between single products and the entire company. Come on, man. Microsoft announced the purchase of ZeniMax Media for seven point whatever billion dollars. And not just like they bought, you know, one studio that ZeniMax owns. They bought all of the studios. <laughs> yeah, everything under the umbrella. Did yeah. you like the game Doom made by id Software? Microsoft owns that. How about Skyrim made by Bethesda Softworks? They own that too. They own all of those studios. Did you want an Elder Scrolls game? They own it. <laughs> Did mm-hmm. you want Doom? They own it. Did you want whatever other stuff they're making, Dishonored and Prey and whatever other stuff that company makes, they own all of that now. Did they do Infamous? Mm, no, that was a Sony company. Yeah, I was just wondering if one of those studios was on. Eh, no big deal. It's a lot of games, and uh, some of them some of them are kind of funny that they're making our uh, our PlayStation games. I was going to say, doesn't this start to potentially present some conflicts of interest? I believe uh, the Arcane Studios uh, are making a game called Deathloop, which is currently a PlayStation 5 exclusive. And Ghostwire Tokyo is being made by one of ZeniMax's studios also, I believe, is also announced as a PlayStation 5 exclusive. It sounds like Microsoft intends to honor those current deals, obviously, because I feel like, you know, it's too late. <laughs> those games have been in development for quite a while at this point. Um, but who knows, you know, going forward. I guess this really moves the industry to making stuff in-house like parent companies only. So if Sony doesn't own the studio, they don't do exclusives anymore. I think that has been the direction anyway for quite a while, right? Yeah. Other than like, I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is the last one I can think of that was like a big budget, really big budget game that ended up exclusive. Yeah. And I know, I'm sure yeah. Sony was involved in the creation of that game at some financial level. Um, but yeah, who knows, man? That's a big buy. I got to believe that a lot of, you know, and, and Microsoft's press release kind of came out and said like, hey, you know, we love to put games on our platforms and also the PC and other consoles sometimes when it makes sense. Yeah, so, they, you know, they put Ozori games on Switch. Right, so, you know, who knows what will happen. I guess it can't rule out the idea that they would release things on the PlayStation or the well, Switch. Well, but now, now with all those studios, it it's really doesn't matter because they're seeing profit either way. Right, not potentially as much profit, but they're still seeing now at least a share of the profits where before, if these studios released a PlayStation exclusive game, Microsoft wouldn't see any of it. Sure. Sure, certainly. If right. You own and all I think, the companies, you make all the profit. Yes. Yeah. I feel exactly. like I feel like, you know, Zenimax was pretty good at putting everything out everywhere because they just want that money. Like Doom twenty sixteen came out on the Switch. You know, like they're, they're, they're putting stuff out all over the place. So that was never a problem. The question is, will they continue to do that going forward? And, you know, who knows? I mean, they ported Skyrim to like toasters or something. I feel like at this point. Yeah, it's probably on the International Space Station or something. Yeah, I mean, why not play Skyrim on space? It's like, you know. And now I got to find out if somebody's played Skyrim in space. I mean, if they haven't, we're not too many years away. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, I was kind of wondering what their strategy was, especially given some stuff we kind of forgot to talk about last week with pricing. Uh, We'll get to it in a second. But I was wondering what their strategy was heading into this generation of consoles. And I'm pretty sure this kind of tells you what it is. And that is what Michael is just saying. Hey, if we just make all the profit, we just win all the money. So, you know, initially it was kind of like, okay, well, clearly they want people to do Game Pass, right? They're the Netflix model. They're trying to to become as big as, you know, that distribution and maybe even a Steam-sized distribution through a subscription model. But, hey, what if we were able to just put them out everywhere so that 
we have games on other people's consoles, etc. Because you can't imagine that all these games would make them money if the only thing they did with them was put them through Game Pass. Right. Well, you, you can only assume that the money Game Pass makes can't be so big as to finance all of these games and all of these buys, right? Right. Unless like, they're betting they said there's, uh, on the Microsoft next generation. Microsoft said there's right? like, like 15 million subscribers to Game Pass or something mm-hmm. as of this. Look, you know, I don't know how much people are paying for Game Pass these days. Even if you're paying full price with no discounts, which it sounds like not many people are, <laughs> uh, you're not making, you know, $7.5 billion, okay? Let's but see. I think your point is correct, Andrew, that, like, they want you paying that Game Pass subscription because games aren't on Game Pass forever, baby. You know, sometimes they rotate them off there, and, like, a year later you come back and someone's like, oh, I played that on Game Pass. It was cool. And you're like, oh, I should go check that out. Oh, it's not on there anymore. But I am subscribed, so I get 20% off. What if I just did this? Well, if they have 15 million subscribers. Andrew, we don't do math on this podcast. Come on, what are you trying (laughs) to do here? At $10 a month, it's 150 million. I could do that without a calculator. 150 million a month is a lot of money. It's 1.8 B a year. Not enough to have bought this studio in three years, but maybe in six. (laughs) Sure. And I'm sure they are planning on the fact that like, hey, we're going to put Skyrim on Game Pass. Yeah, we're going to put like every the new Elder Scrolls game on Game Pass. That'll get people to sign up. And uh, maybe what we should talk about next. We didn't talk about the Xbox Series S subscription. Plan. Have you heard about this? I mean, is this Microsoft's like layaway for consoles thing? Kind of. It's like more like uh, buying a Disney pass, Michael. Okay. I have not heard about this. Okay. So, you know, you could buy a park pass at Disneyland or some other places, but Disneyland is pretty famous for kind of pushing this. No interest. You pay monthly instead of at all $600 at once or whatever. Sure. Yeah. They spread it out over the year. Okay. Jay, what's the price of that Series X, a Series S? $299? I think that's right. Right. Yeah. So, $299 or, Michael, $25 a month for two years. You're good at math. Tell me, You can tell me what that would be. Hmm. Into fifty five hundred, six hundred bucks. Twenty five, yeah, six hundred bucks. Yeah, double, double. But do you get Game Pass as you part get of it? Game Pass, oh, you know, Ultimate you do, buddy. For, okay, for part of it, which would be three hundred and sixty dollars on its own. Okay, so now, now you're saving money. So I think you get it for one year, right? You get like one year of Game Pass Ultimate. No, I think you get it the whole time. You get it for the whole two years? Okay. I'm pretty sure you get it the whole time. I don't know. I'm just, I'm asking questions. Uh, I believe that's the case because I did the math a bunch of times and it's like, this is a $60 discount. I was going to say, you'd have to, you'd have to do it for two years for it to be an incentive over just buying it separately. Okay. A $60, that's 10% off over two years is like, that's the inverse of what Disney's doing where they're like, hey, hey, you can still pay us full price over that amount of time. They're giving you what? 60 bucks is four months of Game Pass for free? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Or to, a physical uh, game. To try out, or a physical game. To try uh, out their the series service. Does and... the Series F have a disk drive? Could, no. it, could you get a physical game? No, no, yeah. no. Oh, that's right. But a game, right? You, won, but you yeah, could I mean, purchase one uh, game. Actually, Andrew, could you purchase one game? N- not on a PlayStation? All $70 games, my man. That's the only thing I can say is not Ooh. on a PlayStation. Uh, they ha- I mean, Microsoft has not come out with their launch lineup and prices yet. So I guess we don't know. Also, which games are Microsoft even launching with anyway? That's yeah. kind of an open question. Yeah. Um, but uh, Sony did, and their games are $70 US. And I think like 90 euros in some cases, and people were losing wow. their minds. 
every so, minute of every day that news comes out about what games are going to be in the future, Game Pass makes more sense. It's it like is a, it's like it's monthly so, crowdfunding for games. It's crazy. I just it. I get. I am so worried that Microsoft is just going to get everyone in the door. And then turn around and pull the Mickey Mouse on you, man, and just be like, <laughs> "Oh, this is going in the vault, Andrew, and well, you can't buy it now because we put it away." And guess what, buddy? We own every property, and there's where else are you going to go? We're the only shop in town, bud. It just, I'm, I'm so afraid of that. Whoa, oh, we're halfway there because <laughs> yesterday <laughs> or the day before they announced that the PC price for Game Pass was doubling. Ooh. It was not yeah. a secret that it was going to happen. Uh, I've been paying $5 a month for the incredible amount of games that I've been able to try on there. Not many of which I've stuck with for a long time, but like, there's a lot of Sorry. them on here that I, I'd be very glad to play here and then be like, I'm glad I didn't buy that, even for $2 or $3 on a Steam sale, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the, the thing is like, it is the greatest, like, sampling service possible right i want to play 30 minutes of this to see if it's any good and then you could do that five it, times a month if i hate it you get you get buyer's remorse even if you you know do the steam <laughs> refund thing then you always have to worry about can i download it in enough hours or whatever yeah exactly well they're doubling it to 10 bucks a month which is still not egregious considering uh the amount of times and stuff i've played state of decay I've, alone that game is like 60 bucks alone. So, you know, when there's going to be Halo Infinite on this thing and there's at least a Gears game I still need to play and a lot of indies and stuff, it's still not that... I still think the price is worth it overall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you pay that much for Netflix, right? Yeah. Yep. They are also adding to the sub EA Play access. So this is, uh, y'all remember Origin? Uh-huh. Anyone remember sadly, that? Sadly. I still uh, have it installed because... Um, Andrew, uninstall it. No, I thought someday you'd want to go shooty-shooty again. Uh, well, but EA's games are on every platform now. You can get them on Steam at this point. That's true. You could and, play uh, and Apex. And apparently Game Pass. On other stuff. Yeah. And... Apparently, uh, now your Game Pass subscription will get you the like lowest level access of their tiered access. They have play, system. play, and play pro. I am having a hard time understanding what play actually. So here's gets my understanding you. of how this works, right? Okay, okay, I, go. Not not an expert, but here's what I understand that it gets you. Sure, it gets you like their older titles generally. You're not getting the first release of games with this. Okay. And I don't know what qualifies as quote unquote older, uh -huh. but like maybe it's last year's Madden. Maybe it's last year's NBA game. Sure. Maybe it's the, you know, the Dragon Age game from three years ago or five years ago or whenever that was. Mm -hmm. You know, the, you're getting, yeah, the free play games like Apex and whatever, but you're not getting the game that came out last week or last month. Right. So if I click on a lot of these titles... They say EA Play Pro on them. You are not getting that. Which means if I look at this chart that explains Pro versus Play, you could play a new game for 10 hours. Yeah, so they also do time-limited stuff. And, and I then didn't you can pay... attempt to explain it because I don't know. <laughs> it's too, mm -hmm. too complicated. So essentially, on EA Play on its own, right... You could pay nine four ninety nine a month or what is it fourteen ninety nine a month to play EA games. One of which allows you to play new games unlimited, and the other one allows you to play new games for ten hours, and then you can buy them for ten percent off if you want. But if you buy one game that is new, you should probably just pay for Pro. Yeah. Uh, plus, there's a whole bunch of in-game rewards for being a Play member. So, like, you would get free um, paid currency in the free games like Apex right. and other stuff. So, you know, that would allow you to 
you know, get cool skins and stuff like that if that's what you were looking right. for. Right. So I'm trying and to I believe find it like, works in like the Madden games as well. If you're into those, you know, they have those like card game like things inside those games. It would give you a bunch of currency for sure. that or, you know, cosmetics for your basketball player or whatever. I was trying to find like what games actually come with the regular title to see what you get. And I guess this means that you would be able to access them through the Xbox app or through big, big question mark over here, my man. How do you access any games that you have on Game Pass? Oh, through it through an app on called the Xbox app. Then I would imagine if you are getting EA Play access or whatever via that, you would have to go through that same I Xbox. I app. wouldn't then be able to go into my Origin and play it through there. No, well, because you can not. no because you can also yeah, subscribe if you all remember to... the uh, Star Wars problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you can also subscribe to this EA service on Origin or on Steam directly. Right. And then get those games through there. Right. But I'm guessing if you're getting it through Game Pass, you're going through Microsoft's app. Well, look, you're getting some kind of add-on that you probably wouldn't pay for for the increased cost. They're not moving up yeah. the cost of the regular Game Pass service, which is $15.99 for, game, for the Xbox uh, and the Xbox version gets you Game Pass for PC, Game Pass for Xbox, EA Play, and xCloud for 15 Wait, this is the ultimate Game Pass? So there's Game Pass for PC, which is 10 now. And then there's Game Pass Ultimate, which includes... All that stuff. Okay. All that stuff, oh, Xbox okay. Live, everything. Got it. So, I mean, it if you have multiple platforms, you know, if you have your your Xbox, but also you like to play on PC sometimes, or maybe you have friends that do, or they make you know, a strong, knows. strong argument every minute. I don't, I don't want to be fawning over a corporation, but like, it's pretty rare to see a move this consumer friendly in the world today. Yeah. I think it really comes down. The friendliness of it really comes down to how much do you play games that you own from the past, right? Do you go back and play old games? And if you do, then the Game Pass worth becomes questionable, right? Because you will not be able to go back in four years and play some of these games. Some of them, maybe you will. The thing, though, is that that those games may still be available on another platform. Although I get what your dystopian point is. Later on, they may not be because... But but then you have to buy them separately on that other platform, though, right? So now you have a... You had to incur a purchase in addition to your Game Pass. So the, the only times I've seen things go off of Game Pass... Uh, they have still been available through the app as at the store at a discount because you have Game Pass. Yes, I believe that's how it works. Uh, my point isn't that they go off sale. My point is that you now have to pay for them in addition to your Game Pass sure. subscription. Yeah, right. You're that's incurring true. more cost. Yeah, true. you don't have a library of games. You have this carefully curated selection, maybe a very large selection, right? And mm-hmm. probably, like, I'm guessing Microsoft games don't go off there. So, like... It's a pretty good chance that you're just going to have access to like if the you, Master Chief Collection if, yeah, forever like or if, Gears yeah, 5 or exactly. whatever. Exactly. If you want to play Halo forever, just sign up for Game Pass. Yeah, or you know, or <laughs> buy Halo <laughs> and then don't pay Microsoft I, 10 bucks a month. I'm just saying if I hadn't purchased the Master Chief Collection on Steam and I had instead just played it with Game Pass, I'd have 6 more months of Game Pass paid for. Yeah. Totally, man. I, I get it. I'm just, the there is a trade off, right? It's, and I think a lot of people don't consider it because, like, hey, you know, and you are totally right, Andrew, that you're like, hey, I would never have played this game, right? Like this, whatever this indie game that you had never heard of, you mm-hmm. try it for thirty minutes, turns out you love it, you end up playing it for ten hours, awesome. Like you never would have played that otherwise. All gravy, right? You're playing playing with the house money there. Um, but you know, if in five years from now you're like oh man i remember that indie game i played it was so cool oh it's gone you know or now i have to pay five dollars to get it again right so it's a it's definitely a trade-off right and it is a it's weird to me as a person who has always bought games right because like i have i own a bunch of discs i have a like large collection of digital games and i always think like oh if i want to come back and play this in five years i can right but I, you know, it is a different. It, it it requires me to adjust my way of thinking. Be like, I'm, 
I'm like trying these games and maybe I'm <laughs> in some of the cases, right? Probably trying them forever, but maybe not in all of the cases. And that's just a, a shift I need to make, I think, because clearly the service is like extremely worthwhile. Like I, I feel like I'm, I'm sounding like I'm down on it and I'm not, it's just, it's hard for me to get my head around. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but if I, as I, hmm. As I move toward less and less time available, the idea of like, well, let's search through my old Steam games and see what's in here. Something maybe I've played before uh, is less and less appealing. Some some games hold that value to me. Like, I'm going to go plug in my N64 and play Rogue Squadron because I need that hit, you know? That is not the same value, I think, in the long run as like, well, I bought that one indie game on that sale that I never played. Maybe I should boot that up, you know? And I think that's, I don't know about you guys, but I think a lot of us that did the Steam sales, the craze of Steam sales from like 2010 to 2015 when it was just bonkers deals all the time. I still have games from that era that I haven't played and I probably will never play. And the appeal of those has gone down quite a bit. I don't know. Can you guys, can either of you, maybe Michael, can you speak to kind of like your, what's your philosophy going forward? I mean, the backlog is real for all of us. Yeah, it is. So I don't, I don't think that I ever, I don't think that I got turned on to steam sales as early as you guys did. So my backlog is probably considerably smaller. You you were wisened earlier. (laughs) I, I had fair warning. Um, but I think that at this point, my backlog of what's in my Steam library is pretty well curated. So the things that I do still have hanging around are things that I know that I want to play at some point, you know, regardless of how much time will have passed. And so from that standpoint, um, there's maybe less appeal to something like Game Pass only because I know that I have this stable of games that I can pull from when I've run out of something else to play. And because they're older and I own them, I don't have to have considerations of, oh, is this going to disappear? Do I have to play it now while I still have access to it? Fair. Yeah. Also, I will say I never got big on like buying those huge bundles of games on Steam. I made that definitely. I definitely bought tons of games on sale and stuff. I have played, I will, I've certainly played the majority of things in my library. I will not claim to have played all of them. Cause there definitely are games I have not played or like I bought a like series of games and like I got to game two in the series and they changed a bunch of stuff about it and I kind of hate it now. And then I didn't play like three and four or something like that. Well, I did the silly thing of like, I'm buying the entire total war franchise. I played the most recent <laughs> yeah. one and liked it. Let's go back yeah, one no. game. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've studiously avoided that. Um, so you know, I, I also don't have a huge backlog. But like you know, earlier um, this year, I reinstalled Batman: Arkham City and played through that game. Is there any guarantee that I would you know, be able to do that in a Game Pass like system? You know, unlikely That's the kind unless of it's Microsoft Studio. But again, that seemed to making a huge play for studios. <laughs> Yeah, again, like, yep. yeah, who knows, right? Like, oh, well, what if Skyrim goes away? Well, actually, now, yeah, Microsoft, now it's a them, so. Microsoft property. Yeah, uh, uh, my other concern with Game Pass, and this is, I think, something that they have actually worked on. Um, so, like, forward progress, which is good. Um, their modding situation has been kind of. Yes. Mm, mm, they got called um, out on it. They are actively working on it. And I would guess the purchase of a I'm going to just say maybe the most modded game of all time in Skyrim. Right. Well, if you yeah. remember, and I, and I don't know, you know, again, I'm, none of us were huge Skyrim fans, me least of all. Um, but there was a kerfuffle a while back when they tried to kind of clamp down on the modding ability of Skyrim. Do you guys remember this? Yeah. When they released the HD version, right? Yes, or they updated it for the ostensibly the special edition or whatever version it is now, which is like the default one now, I think. Right. Um, They gave it to everyone who owned the original version for free, but all of a sudden your mods didn't carry over. You had to go through their 
modding process and all this stuff. And I believe they rolled a lot of that back after massive outcry. But they were to the point where they're like, we have systems set up to allow you to pay for mods and the creators get some amount of money and we take a cut and it's all managed by us and don't worry, we're vetting everything and all this stuff. You know, if Microsoft allows some kind of modding capability, are they going to allow you to just kind of do whatever the heck you want? Sort of like how <laughs> um, a lot of PC modding is currently, or are they going to be a little more like tamped down and like, hey, great if you pay the modders, like that's cool. But also like people that made this stuff for free should be able to give it away for free if they want, right? I don't disagree with that. So, I, you know. But it sounds like they're making progress on that front from what I've heard. There is, stuff is better in that it's, arena, so that's good. Every fiber of my being feels so strange being optimistic about this kind of stuff. I feel you on that, for sure. You know, it's just <laughs> so strange to be like, well, I mean, it sounds like they're doing a good job. This corporation isn't my friend, but are they trying to be? <laughs> yeah, Andy, how many years have you plugged owning with Nintendo, especially with owning... A copy of you. Yeah, your, the, the, we're arguing the exact opposite of what we tell you to do with Nintendo consoles. Absolutely. Right? I, it's because of the world we're headed towards. On the PC anyway, for sure, right? Like, you oh, already I can't, mean, buy, you the can't X- buy physical PC products anyway. The Xbox and PlayStations are making $100 discount pushes on their systems to try and get you to buy digital games. Game stores with used copies of games are functionally out of business. The market for used games other than Nintendo used games is abysmal. It's almost non-existent. The sales for digital games are better than they've ever been before. They've done a really good job of being like, well, we can't actually lower the price of this. We should stop letting physical copies beat us in sales. I am still a huge proponent of, I wish some sort of digital, physical media in terms of like cards and stuff was available because it'd be a lot cheaper in the long run or in the short run I guess until these flash drives get bigger and bigger and bigger but also because then yeah you you own a copy you could sell off but in a world where we're not going to ever get the option to trade our used games if the game pass model And, you know, Epic could make the argument if Game Pass gets as big as Steam that maybe there needs to be a competitor with a different payment model or something. But the Game Pass subscription model might be a more friendly future than the one where, which I had been envisioning where, you know, like what Nintendo's doing to you with the uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Well, we own it, so we can just uh, turn it on, take it off. We can charge whatever amount we want. It's going to be expensive. There's no consumer friendliness in it at all. So they're making an argument to change my argument is my response to that. (laughs) Because it doesn't feel good. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't feel good to make the argument that Game Pass might be worth money. Speaking of Mario. What? Speaking of Mario. What about it? I'm staring at the 3D All-Stars box here on my desk. Oh, you went for it, huh? I'm going to try it out, but I have nothing to report yet. You felt like Super Mario Sunshine was worth $20. (laughs) I saw the glitches in Super Mario Sunshine and thought I would love to give that a try. Have you played Super Mario Sunshine? Not recently. Game's pretty bad. Okay, well, what should I be looking out for when I, I inevitably start with Super Mario 64? Uh, I can't tell you because I haven't played that game on a Nintendo Switch ever. Uh, I have played Super Mario 64 on the PC. Oh. Y'all know that was a y'all know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a. Are you playing the the emulated high texture version? Emulated. Ha. I have a natively built copy for the Windows platform. I'm How playing the, the ported version. How? Uh, y'all remember... Um, well, it, stuff has been in the works for quite a while, but uh, at some point in the past, uh, the 
there was a leak of Nintendo things. Uh, uh, earlier this year, yeah? Yes. Uh, one of those things was the source code to Super Mario 64. Uh, it turns out that uh, knowing the source code makes it a lot easier to decompile things. Hmm. So they can now decompile a ROM you provide into source code and verify that it's actually correct. Then take that source code and recompile it for a new platform, like not the Nintendo 64. Uh, there are tools to help you with this. Uh, you can find them on the internet. Uh, I found one, and it's pretty straightforward. You got to install some stuff, and it's like this. Is, I did this as a project because this is like stuff that I do at work, and I found interesting to like see how their build system works and their compiling system and all this stuff because that's like stuff I am fiddling with actively on my job. And I was like, oh, like how does this work? On I'm doing this on Windows. There's so many other things to consider. How does this work on like all these other you know various things, right? So I was curious about that end of it. And at the end of the day, it produces a working EXE for Super Mario 64 built for whatever platform you're on. People have used this to compile it for Android phones. Uh, it runs on the Nintendo Switch emulator. <laughs> People have Super Mario 64 running on PlayStation 2 emulators, Dreamcast emulators. <laughs> so like, I, it's crazy. I, I have to ask then, JJ, and, and this is something that interests me especially knowing now that how many devices it's been ported across, how, how are the controls? So did you, you, did so, you play the original? Yes. So I've played the original Super Mario 64 on a Nintendo 64. I never beat it because I didn't own the Nintendo 64, right? I went to other people's houses and played it. Yeah. Um, and I rented one a couple times, I think, in the past. Uh, when I was a young one. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I played it, uh, you know, the camera look, you know, it was like one of the first things of like a 3d camera, right? That was kind of the, the game. Yeah. And the camera's bad. The, the default camera, if you use a modern controller to play this, which I am because I don't have like an N64 controller, I can plug into my PC. If you use a modern camera, like controls to play it. The game doesn't really kind of fit on a modern controller because it was built for the N64 controller with that one joystick and then the C buttons and the A and the B and all that, right? Right. A Z buttons and all this stuff. But you can map all that, right? But it then doesn't really work the way you want it to because the camera controls are wrong. <laughs> like it, the game is not built with those kinds of camera controls. But here, modders to the rescue, right? Uh, they have... Uh, a whole bunch of mods. They have a mod for 60 FPS, which the game obviously does not run at natively. <laughs> uh, it doesn't, right? Like, it was not built for that. It, it was built to run at 30. And so, you know, it, yeah, on the barely. N64, it tries to run at yeah, 30, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe, maybe you if you 20. had the expansion pack. Yeah, or like you're not looking at the water or something. Uh, and so, so you, you know, you can run, and obviously, you know, it runs pretty fine on the PC and you could eliminate the draw distance. So it just draws all the way out to the edge of the level. You can, um, there are two, there are like three or four. Okay. So I should talk about the tool first before I explain how the modding process works, but the tool essentially has like a whole bunch of links to various GitHub repos for people who have done modifications to the code to like, Oh, this one does like this one has enhanced graphical features. This one, they're redrawing some of the assets because you're not allowed, you have to provide the ROM for all the like textures and all that stuff because that stuff is copyrighted by Nintendo, right? So you, they have to get that out of the ROM for you. Um, but like you can replace those, like I want to replace the model of Mario with like this really high def model from like Super Mario Odyssey or something, right? And like you can do that. It looks really darn weird. <laughs> Let me tell you, like Mario has like 10,000 polygons and everything else has five. Um, but they let you if you want. Um, and so, you know, there's all these different, like, it's essentially like check marks on a on a big list, right? And you can turn them on, and, like, this one says it's not compatible with other ones, and you have to, like, kind of, it gets fiddly at some points where, like, some of them don't play nice with each other. If you put the the one that lets you stay in the level after you get the star, sometimes that doesn't work well with the one that lets you pick the stars instead of just choosing the next one in the list. And then, like, there's a whole bunch of different stuff that's, like, really, you know, like, menu stuff and, like, but there are ones that, like, like experimental camera controls and like lets you use the stick, like kind of more like what you would think. Um, 
but they really haven't, you can tell they haven't dialed it in at all because the default values for it are like terrible. The stick like jumps wildly all over the place and it's like worse than the original camera. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And until you go in and like configure, it's like, all right, camera acceleration, like way down, (laughs) like, you know, sensitivity way down. I just wanted to move like, you know, kind of predictably. Um, And it's better, right? It's better. I'm not going to argue that it's good. Um, then there's a patch that like tighter controls. What does that mean? I have no clue. I installed <laughs> it. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then there's all sorts of various like, oh, this one like does a whole bunch of stuff to the engine to make it like way nicer and stuff. You can install that one, but it's not compatible with this whole thing. And this one does like some enhanced graphical features, but it's really more interested in like making it look like it would look on an N64. And this one is more interested in like cleaning up all the like weird lines in between the polygons and stuff to make it look more like a modern game and all that kind of stuff. So this whole process then culminates with you hitting like a button that says build and it opens a command window on your windows PC and like downloads a bunch of package files from GitHub and then compiles it. (laughs) And there's like, you know, a little slider at the bottom of the build before you hit build to like say how much CPU power you want to use for the compiling it goes from like slow, fast, very fast, make my CPU hurt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can I can say that if you put it on that last one, it like monopolizes your computer and like will, you know, your cores will jump way, way up. Um, it'll be trying to use all of them if it can. So uh, that was interesting. And then at the end, right, like it take it takes a decent amount of time, you know, even with a relatively good PC, you get to the end and then you get either a like, okay, this is done, or a, uh, we encountered an error, scroll back and kind of figure out what it was. Here's our Discord link, like, good luck, man. <laughs> um, so it's still kind of fiddly. Um, but, you know, once once I finally got the EXE built, I started up. It's the startup screen to Super Mario 64. You know, he's there. Hello! And, you know, you pick your file, and away you go at the castle on the whole thing. Yeah, the only um, trouble with that is that you get it three, four minutes in the game, you're like, I hate this mod. You gotta yep, go recompile you gotta, your whole game. Gotta go recompile the whole game. Yep. Ooh. Uh, it, and you know the modern build systems are smart in that, like, if you don't change something in theory, it won't rebuild it. But also because of like the mods are like kind of, like I said, they're not very compatible with each other because sometimes they're modifying the same thing or whatever. Like it, you can definitely break stuff by trying to change it without rebuilding the whole thing completely from scratch. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a problem. And like, I, I, I found that problem, right? Like I installed one of the mods. I didn't like the way they had changed, like the font that they were using for the text and stuff looked like really wrong to me. And so I like rebuilt it. And then I had a lot of trouble getting the rebuild to work correctly. (laughs) Like actually produce a build for like a good another hour I was wasting, uh, doing that. So yeah, it's, it is very fiddly, but man, it's pretty cool being able to play Super Mario 64 with like okay-ish camera controls and like really really high res <laughs> it's fun man it's cool wonderful nice uh, i'm excited i'm excited I, to not have as good a version as you i wish that this version was available to people on the switch like why didn't nintendo do some of this stuff themselves it's that's the thing that boggles my mind this came so, out within like a year it's all right i bought a physical copy so mine will be worth a bunch in march when they get rid of the game I cannot roll my eyes harder than I am right now. (laughs) I am curious to hear how Galaxy holds up, though. I haven't played Galaxy all the way through ever. We'll see. I got too much. I I I did play it all the way through, and that was a good game. I got too much on my plate (laughs) to worry too much about it. Get to it eventually. Uh, Speaking of Nintendos, how's everybody? Oh, wait. Am I the only one playing it yeah, on that's a Switch? Just, that's just you. Yeah, Dang, that's, that's, you, yeah. that's just you. I upped my difficulty, by the way, in Ring Fit since we're talking about Nintendo for a second. Okay. The backs of my legs hurt in a general, a general way. Not like this muscle hurts, but like, I don't know, Michael, if you've kept up with your Ring Fit. Not uh, how I should have. (laughs) Uh, Me neither, but I just decided it was time to make it harder. And uh, 
Oof. It's a good thing, though, because uh, that means I'll probably relax while playing FF12 tonight on my Switch, but not on your Switch. How far are you in FF12, Andy? Uh, far enough now that I don't know if I trust Bosch anymore. Mm, which okay. is the, What's the last thing that happened that you can remember? I don't know. It's been like a week. <laughs> Fair. We're doing There's a also mission. a lot of like politics he, stuff going on in that game. So yeah, he like runs off or something. He like ran off. So he's going to solve some problems. I said, okay. So you're not, you're not at the point yet of having all six characters. I think I have five. Okay. Okay. Okay, that gives a general idea of where you are. Yeah, but like I trusted his story for a minute because I was like, oh yeah, that would be a that would be a thing. You know, like a while ago when you come out of the it was a while ago at this point, because I've done a bunch of the hunts and stuff in between. Uh and I did a lot of the trying of that trial mode that you guys told me to do. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It seems to me that when we came out of the sewers the game tries to tell you very quickly that Bosch has a twin brother or something and uh and you're supposed to believe that and that he wasn't responsible for Vaughn's brother dying uh because he has a twin right Mm -hmm. and I kind of like I bought that as the the okay this game's gonna be that kind of a crazy game but now with sitting with so many more of the political things going on, I'm kind of wondering if that's like a double double fake. They're trying to head juke you over here and they're going the other way. Right. Or am I overthinking this amount of this game and I should just sit back and relax? I think we talked. It It will get definitively answered for you before too long. Okay. I don't, I don't want to give it away either way. Yeah. Uh. I think this, the thing you're talking about in particular Yes, you'll have an answer. Right around the time that I add six to my party. Maybe a little further in than that. Okay. Yeah, I forget but where it's not it's was. not a whole it's not very far in. Yeah. There's there's a lot more after it is what we're saying. Yeah. I'm saying also the judges, not cool, and uh I don't know. I think we talked a little bit, Michael, while you were gone, and we said we would save it for when you got back. But my main comment at this point in the game now is, and I might be make it stronger now, it doesn't seem like it's Vaughn. It's not Vaughn's game. Ban, Vaughn, whatever and you want to say. And I don't know yeah. that that feeling ever really goes away. Yeah, I think that's a a correct and fair comment to make about this game. What if and it I, was just Balthier's game instead or somebody else? I think there are two or three people who you can claim to make this game about and none of them are Vaughn. Yeah. Balthier is certainly one of them. And I think there's maybe two or maybe three others that I, you could claim. I think I have the stronger attachment to Balthier so far because he's dominated the early part of this game. Yeah, the uh, he is uh, a having airship is is useful. Let's say. <laughs> okay, so not as strong a comment as I thought. Maybe no. I I think a lot of people. I think just about anyone who has played through the game has come away with either not feeling like it's Vaughn's game or not wanting him to be the quota, the, the, you know, put forth protagonist. I think Andrew, if you go out and search out articles about this game written in more recent days, a lot of people have this sentiment and there are many, many long pages written about why another person would be better. I also have another question for you in Final Fantasy XII since we're on there. Why are there so, so many of the gambits? 
<laughs> so so you can play however you want, Andy. Every possible condition. I now, cannot... now I I will say though, and and maybe this is a partial answer, they did not revamp the number of gambits when they revamped the license system. Okay. And I think that the gambits I understand that they didn't get rid of any licenses, so maybe you still need all of the gambits that you had in the original game. But I think that the gambits gave you a lot more flexibility when every character potentially had access to every ability. Okay. Right. Sure. Like, right. So if you if you pick the same six jobs, say, for a bunch of your characters, then there are a lot of the gambits that won't necessarily apply to you, right? Because none of your characters will be able to use the abilities that would make them relevant. I also was very taken aback that once I was on the license board and I bought Cure or another uh, yeah, spell. You don't, you, don't, you don't get it. You got to go buy it. You oh, have no. to buy yeah. Cure, but like that doesn't mean you have to buy Cure for each character. It doesn't mean you have to buy something that slots into people on their character for Cure. You have to buy Cure. I don't understand that. That is their way of uh, gating you, quote unquote, which is a joke because like it doesn't, they don't want you to get super powerful spells early, but LOL, who cares? That just means like your guys that deal physical damage are just going to be super powerful early on because they can get 500 points of you attack faster, you attack harder, you do more damage with physical abilities, and then HP out the wazoo, right? While your mages are like, I would like to cast black magic today. Oh, yeah. Every one of my physical attackers is like, I have massive health. What are you going to do to me? Yeah. and yeah. The, So am I wrong? And this is maybe the last question for, for this game for today. But you can, like, skip certain things, like accessories, one, two. You could go to four. Oh, yeah. Can. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, who cares? Go pick up 11 and leave 1 through 10. Who cares? Is there stuff out there? I I am so far, this far into the game, having not read a guide. At nah, all. Yeah, you don't need a guide. Right. I mean, it's a relatively straightforward and explained game. They have a lot of menuing you can do to understand stuff. Oh, my God. There's so yeah. much menuing that you don't have to do, but you have to do. If uh, you get to the point where you find equipment that you don't have a license for... Uh-huh. Then get the license. Go go to the license board and look around until you find it and then figure out which class gets that license and go buy it. You can actually, um, there's a there's an easy way to tell if you already have it. Uh, if you have the, sorry, there's an easy way to tell if you have access to the license and whether or not you have bought it. If you go into the inventory and look at a weapon, say, um, you pick up a new sword. There are two styles of circle. Uh, when you highlight that sword in the inventory underneath each character. Uh, a small circle, I think, is the one that tells you that you have access to the license but haven't unlocked it yet, and a large circle says the license is unlocked. If there's no circle, then you can't use it. Because of your licenses? Or the class you chose will or, never yeah, class you chose will never Classes have access license, to though, to me, right? Like Because that's how you yeah. get it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. But I Good think, Andy, you were you were headed towards the question of are you gonna be gated out of things? Yeah. There that was yeah. that was the end of that question. Uh well, almost. I mean, um, yes, yes, you will be because eventually, right, like you don't get infinite classes, you only get two for each player or each character. So no one will be able to use every weapon. Right. But you but, can cover you can cover all of the jobs because there are 12 jobs and six characters. Right. And so if you do that, then someone somewhere in that party will be able to use it if they can get to that license. Yes. And there is there is an if to that because some licenses are gated behind either your quickenings or espers. Right. And so you can be a case where like, oh, a... Uh, I think all the ones that are gated behind Quickenings and Espers are also available via other jobs. Is that true or no? No. There is one. I think there's one example, which is the Ninja. And I don't mm. remember what the actual name of the job is. Um, Shikari, maybe. 
um, that has four, it has four different class specific unlockables behind each of the quickenings and you can only unlock three. Huh. Today I learned. Yeah. Anyway, the, the general answer is most of the super rare weird equipment you are never going to find without doing some serious searching. Yeah. So <laughs> don't bother. Um, buy the licenses for the stuff you see in the stores or the stuff you find uh, via monsters or whatever, and then be good. I don't. Or or you'll or what will end up happening is you will just have license points to throw around because what do you do with these all? It, there's no point in hoarding ten thousand license points. Just spend them. Who cares? Right. Sure. Yeah. It's like I have. I think I have one character. I've bought literally every weapon and accessory that character can ever possibly equip, even though I have seen nearly none of them. <laughs> That's amazing. So you know, whatever. Sure, they have like five thousand hit points and can never die, but one day I'll get a good sword and. <laughs> <laughs> not today I have not had much luck on the weapon boxes or anything else uh, I think some of the people are still using the weapons they got at the beginning I'm starting to think maybe I should just go buy some go to the stores Yeah, I yeah. I found getting things from monsters and stuff extremely inconsistent and not worth it like just go to the stores and well, given, every given time you I'm go to a new town a, you know? yeah. given that I'm not reading a guide I kind of figured that's going to be how I'm going to get through the game is finding good weapons in stores. Yeah, yeah. It's totally serviceable that way. Don't worry about it. And yeah, maybe it means you can't buy all of the 700 gambits that unlocked at this town. That's fine. You'll get through it. I believe in you. <laughs> all right. Well, as we wrap out today, I know some of you are watching football as it has restarted. It seems to be going well ish for some people, not so much for uh, our boy, Christian McCaffrey. Or so lots of other people's boys this weekend. It was an injury so injuries. Injury, injury people. Lots of injuries. I don't know if you guys wanted to talk that or some spend some time on baseball as we wrap out today. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about the uh, injuries here. They're they're happening. It's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, this is. I mean, this is what happens when you don't have a preseason. I think that's kind of the conclusion that everyone has drawn. I. I don't think that that's the reason because the play in week one was fine, right? Is it then everyone's tendons snap in week two? That doesn't make sense. Uh, lack of training and tune-up is what people are maybe maybe blaming. Yeah, is the is the thought that all of these tendons would have snapped in the preseason then? And then oh, no, but you like you, you know have, I'm just like you you get the chance to ease into the strain of football, right? Rather than having two games back to back. So now your your first time on the field is playing a full game against an sure. team and you maybe aren't on full rest by the time game two rolls around. Right. And your body's not used to the levels yet. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I don't know. It's every year a billion people get injured in the NFL, right? Like yep. I don't I don't know that this year is exceptional yet unless this rate continues. And then in which case we're in, there's no one's going to be playing by week five. <laughs> we shall see. Although uh, the rate of injury in baseball to our team, the Hades Tigers this past season, JJ was exceptional. Andrew crippling dude. We got Michael. We had four literally. players incinerated. Oh no. So tough. It wasn't good. Although uh, we should fill Michael in on the, what was it called? The snackening. The, the snackening. Yes. Go on. Uh, a So, so uh, hold on. I, I have to preface this first before JJ explains it, which is going to be funny. The preface here is not to help him. The preface here is to, to finally prove what they've been saying this whole time, which is baseball is not a sport. Baseball is a fan simulator. And the, yes. fan si the fan simulation has spilled into discords where there are thousands of people on each of these teams trying to coordinate strategies. A lot of times, Jay-Z and I text each other on Thursday or Friday, and we say, hey, what's the team strategy? What are we voting for? Because in this game, you as a fan accumulate votes for how you want to see the league change the rules between seasons or right. affect change your team with bonuses right 
um, change people, change stats, all that kind of stuff, try and get trades, uh, much more spectacular things. But, but the discord communities that have grown out of this and the things they are trying to accomplish is really probably what dragged me and, uh, assured me that I was making the right decision when I was dragged back into this after a disappointing season five where I lost all my money. <laughs> uh, season six and, and the beginning of season seven here have been quite fun because of the snackening. So there is a team in baseball named the unlimited tacos. They're called the unlimited tacos because they used to be the Los Angeles tacos, but then a, there was an event in the game known as the Great Unslam, which we're not going to talk about. We don't have time. Uh, which weakened the bridge and caused a portal to the infinite cities to open over Los Angeles. And so now they became the Unlimited Tacos. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, they're a terrible team. They're maybe the worst team in the league, although... Although they are eh, now maybe not the worst team They're in the not league. doing so bad these days. Anyway, they're, their team has traditionally been terrible. One of the worst every single season. And their fans have kind of embraced it somehow. And they offered up this idea of creating the snackening, which uh, at the end of last season, there was a, uh, a new mechanic added in the game where you could idolize players, right? You pick a player, you pay a little bit of money, and every time that player does something like a batter gets a hit or a pitcher pitches a strikeout or whatever, you get some coins, right? So it's just another way to generate money in the game. But also, there's a leaderboard of idols and like who's the highest on the leaderboard, right? And there is an ominous red line <laughs> which seems to move every season. Uh, the first season where idols existed, every player above the red line who was not named after a peanut was put into a giant peanut shell. Forced to play the game in the peanut shell, unable to do anything. Like, they got no hits. They struck out every time. The pitchers did nothing. <laughs> okay. So, the Tacos thought of the idea, what if we get every pitcher on our team above the red line this season? <laughs> because their so team's so bad, it can't get any worse. We might as well have some fun. And see what the game does. Because most what of the happens? game is controlled by RNG, right? It's sure. not like there's a bunch of people behind it coding every single thing that's happening every game. Yeah. You know, there are stats and statistics and like, oh, this person's a five-star batter and a three-star pitcher. And like, what does all that mean? You know, like baseball happens in the code somewhere. Right. What happens if we try and force the code into a weird edge case? Right. Where no, our team has no pitchers. They, and like the, the shelled, the people in the shells are still on the team. And they said they're forced to play. So if you put a shelled pitcher out there, what happens? They can't is, throw any what pitches. Do they do? Yeah. And so there's no, and there were, you know, like it's one thing if there's only one shelled pitcher, right? They just like get replaced by the next pitcher that works. But like what happens if every pitcher is a pitcher that doesn't work? Right. Uh, so they did this and people like with they help. coordinated with other teams. And right. Stuff, they right? they like, had to get help from the rest of the league to do this yeah. because we all because had need, to idolize their players. <laughs> and get them pretty high up on the leaderboard to get above the line. And they did it. And now at the start of season seven, it turns out their team has now listed as the, uh, all the shelled players are still there and listed as a new pitcher is pitching machine. <laughs> <laughs> Who is now the most idolized player in the league. Of course. The, the pitching machine has a better rating than all of their pitchers did. <laughs> and he pitches every game. So you get money every time he pitches a strikeout. Oh, wow. You know, so like the pitching machine is a normally when you pick a player, right? Like a batter or, or a pitcher, right? The pitcher doesn't play every game, right? They play every fifth game or whatever the rotation is, right? Yeah. Same with the batters, right? They don't, they're not there every at bat. They're every, you know, whatever time through the rotation. Well, they only have one pitcher. <laughs> it's the machine. <laughs> I also, uh, hilariously, some of the fans are starting to call the pitching machine, uh, is being used as a scab and all the tacos pitchers are on strike. <laughs> so people are portraying the pitching machine. Like he's breaking the strike as though the pitching machine is a person and not a piece of equipment. <laughs> um, it's very funny and all kinds of weird stuff like this is happening all the time. I think the pitching machine, Andrew stole some pitching ability from an opposing team in the blood rain this season. Oh my God. Uh, Yeah. It's a wild game. People should play baseball. It's very fun. It gets more fun the more people that are involved, I think. 
Agreed. Yeah. Go, yeah. Going into these discords and like listening to people talk about their like ideas for the characters and like what they want to do with this stuff. I'm not so into like the lore side. There's oh, a there's, lot of people really into the lore. There's a huge section of these that is just people writing fan fiction about Jessica Telephone and other people. Yeah. It, people are way into it, drawing pictures and coming up with backstories and all this stuff. Um, but I just think it's hilarious. All the stuff they're doing. Did you know, um, Andrew, a squid, a giant squid appeared at some point on the homepage. I saw the giant spinning peanut. At That's one the point. peanut God. We know about him. Oh, okay. there was a squid at one point. Also, we don't know. No. We didn't know about him until recently. We don't know what he does. It's bad. I don't know. Okay. Generally, everything that happens is bad. <laughs> There's never it's anything like, good did, happening. in Billy's Did fall. either of you ever listen to welcome to night Vale? I never got into that one. Okay. This is like baseball and Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah. It it is like the like weird sci-fi creepy universe Cthulhu version Cthulhu where universe is, yeah, is creeping yeah. Cthulhu into your universe. Baseball. Anyway, definitely. there's well, definitely we'll, like an old gods are angry vibe. We'll wrap <laughs> it out. I hope everyone had a fun time today. Uh last bits of news because we were talking too much about Microsoft at the front. I left them for the end. By the time you hear this, ODST will have dropped in the in the MCC. I could make it all all acronyms there. Halo ODST is out. Yep. Woo. And uh, and also by the time this goes up, pre-orders for new Xboxes will be out. So if you haven't heard that yet, and you're interested in those, and they're gone, and they're gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they go like the other ones, it's possible, right? Well, if you did get one. Uh, not thanks to our warning, which was too late, or you've been playing ODST, or you wanted to join in and uh, find out more about the Hades Tigers, where would you go? Uh, you can do that. Send those emails to podcast at webergamers.com. You can also find us on the various social media. Search for We Were Gamers on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and all those places. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please do that. It does help us. Uh, we are also on every podcasting thing that we could find, uh, and we'll try to be on more as we find them.